Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hi, my name is Danielle Fiendarka. I do two things really. I'm co-founder of Utopia, which is a culture change business. We go in and we help build more purposeful, more inclusive and more entrepreneurial cultures. And I'm also co-author of a new book called Creative Superpowers, Equip Yourself for the Age of Creativity. In this series, we will be asking some of the people that have inspired us what the best piece of advice they have ever been given and how it's impacted their careers. Our guests come from a variety of creative backgrounds, including advertising, art, design, fashion, food experimentalism, literature and music. Please do feedback if you enjoy what you hear either by connecting with me on LinkedIn or commenting on Instagram or Twitter. The hashtag for the program is hashtag BPOAE. So, welcome to the podcast, Sadie. Thank you for having me. Pleasure. Uh, for, for those that don't know, please could you tell our kind listeners who you are and what you do? So, hello, I'm Sadie Clayton. I am a fellow Yorkshire lady and I am an artist and I fuse fashion art and technology and specialise in copper, copper metal. Yes. So, um, and so copper art and metal, is that, I mean, is that what you're most famous for? I mean... Yeah, I'd say so. Well, I graduated in fashion design, so yeah. predominantly I am a fashion designer, yeah. but I've always worked with copper metal. Um, but obviously that transitioned into copper wovens, copper leather, copper trimmings. Um, and then just recently, I've kind of ditched the collection making and on that kind of wheel of, you know, creating two collections a year. And I'm now concentrating more on just my copper metal sculptures, which were made for the body, um, but now take them away from the body it, hang it from the ceiling, it's a light fitting, put it on the floor, it's a coffee table. Uh, you know, so these things that I create, there's kind of, you know, there's no sort of um, limitation to space. Uh, you know, the canvas, uh, kind of the world's my oyster. So it's just wherever best fits, I'd say. So we'll come back on to where, how your career's evolved, but mm -hmm. um, let's come, to, come on to copper. What, how, 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 Why did, copper? Did you, did, you didn't just <laughs> trip over it one day, right? <laughs> well, how, how did that happen? Well, no, it's a good one. Everyone always asks. Um, when I was a student at Kingston Uni, 2013, we were graduating and we had to create our final collection. Um, you know, I've always been kind of, you know, forward thinking, like, what can I do ne next? You know, I'm kind of feel like I'm a bit of a, an inventor. I'm a creator. I'm an innovator um, and you always saw brass and gold and silver but you never saw copper so I thought mm, let's let's try with this um, and I got mirrored copper and I, cre I create sculptures from copper metal sheeting like a meter by a meter sheet um, and I found a guy who I'm still friends with now Steve and he taught me how to work with metal from the cutting from the sanding from the filing uh, you know to the banging and hammering um, and it's just also been spiritual it's also the stone for good luck and it's a conductor of spirituality and it repels negativity so whenever I'm in my studio I feel I've got this essence of luck I feel I'm surrounded by positivity and so far so good that's very good well obviously for anyone that knows you you, you exude positivity <laughs> yeah. so so you kind of it, 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 you're using the thing that very much fits in with you yeah. um 
Um, so, I mean, how did you get, so you've talked about how, you know, it's interesting you talked to yourself as an artist, but how did you, you obviously going into art, you came in as a fashion designer. Mm-hmm. How did you get into fashion design? What was your, mm-hmm. what was your kind of inspiration for getting within that? Mm-hmm. I think my inspiration uh, kind of stems from my childhood, you know, like growing up in a tiny little village in West Yorkshire, um, you know, being biracial, half Jamaican, half white British, kind of seeing these two communities, seeing these two cultures um, and living in a place where everybody, you know, looks and dresses and thinks the same. And I already stood out. I already had a fro full of lips, freckles. You know, it's kind of, I I promote it now. You know, I talk about it a lot because it was only when Adobe filmed me a couple of years ago did I really think, hang on a minute, why why do I promote this identity? Why am I an eccentric person? Why do I design the way that I design? Um, so that's really, you know, at the age of 13 when I thought, oh, I like a bit of, I like all these beads. I like these puffy shoulders. My mum were like, oh, the 80s again, really? Um, you know, and that's kind of, you know, where it stemmed. Uh, at the age of 13, went to Batley School of Art, did my fashion BTEC, did foundation in ceramics, and then moved to London and did my uh, fashion design degree. Nick, it's so. interesting because when I'm, when I'm, you know, even just going into Google and typing mm. your name in, and you're, it's very clear that you are the brand, right? You, you, yeah. Yeah. You, you are, you, between you and your work and your, you know, what you create, mm-hmm. there's, you know, you, they're, they're the same thing. Yeah. <laughs> I like that. Yeah. yeah. No, they kind of like, like you are, you're, yeah, yeah. You're, you know, you are, you are a very key, yeah. key very part much of that, so. a key part of that brand. Yeah. And I think, you know, even when I was creating collections, if I, wouldn't wear it then why would I expect somebody else to wear it and even now you know doing commissions and um you know kind of pushing my spiritual side of my artistic view you know I've got to be a strong believer in it in order for me to have that energy and that willing to want to do it so you know it's 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 a big importance that my brand and my aesthetic is very much me so I'm glad that you said that (laughs) so um I mean, coming. It's interesting. We just had uh, Ben Ayn, um speaking to Ben Ayn, uh, and you know, talking about how hard it is to be an artist. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So I find it quite interesting. You know, when you look at you look at the world of fashion, I would have thought that in terms of commercially, it is it'd be more fruitful to be a fashion designer than it uh-huh. would be to be an artist yet you've made that transition uh-huh, I'm quite uh-huh. interested can you talk me talk us through that a bit? yeah that's an interesting question actually one that um I've not really thought about so <laughs> actually, <laughs> you know being I think the reason why I stopped wanting to be a fashion designer is because it was so hard you know we all know about this fast fashion we all know about the you know how competitive it is we all know about you know the misguided the boohoo you know Everyone's guilty. Everybody buys into it. You know, everything's on sale. There's oh, this overconsumption. So why? And it wasn't happening. You know, the question is, why are people not buying into my brand? Because they didn't need it. They didn't want to pay for it. You know, they didn't want to look a bit different. And I think for me, I recognise that there were no longer um, a sustainable business model within my creation. So I thought, OK, I'm already showing my collections at the Royal Academy of Arts. I've already worked with the Tate Modern, the Tate Britain. I've already worked worked with a holographic company, Augmented Reality, Sophia the Robot. So I'm already tapping in the art and tech world. Let's just remove the clothing. You know, nobody's buying it. Or if they are, it's not paying my mortgage. You know, um, it's costing me a lot of money to produce it. So my costs were super high and it were kind of outweighing, you know, the revenue. And I was, you know, still do obviously work 
you know, with, within other jobs. But um, it just felt naturally and organically the best and the right thing to do. And the minute I did kind of flip around my portfolio and show more of my artistic work, um, more doors opened, you know, like I just felt I got that seal of approval. And last the end of last year, when I got my first art commission, which was the Copper Christmas Tree for the Ivy, that's when I thought, yes, Sadie, you've made the right decision. Um, You know, you've made the right choice. And I'm so glad that I did and so grateful for the people, you know, that surround me that encouraged that and supported that. Um, But yeah, art is hard as well. And that's why Mm. you've always got to be, you know, ahead of the game and constantly coming up with new ideas, you know, tap like tapping into new thoughts, new processes, new clients. But that's what that's what excites me. I want a challenge. You know, I want to be like, oh, what can I get today? Who am I going to speak to next week? Yeah, what, what's the next Skype call? So what's the most interesting thing that happened to you in 2018? Well, I'd have to say buying my flat. Like, <laughs> now I feel like I'm a grown-up. <laughs> um, but, you know, creative-wise, I would say um, working with Sophia the robot. Um, I first saw her on the front cover of Stylist magazine in January, and it took me until June to work with her, you know, for the first time at COGX, where I created a copper bespoke um, metal sculpture for her to wear while she interviewed me. Uh, you know, and that really was the start of something new. Uh, you know, and now she's like been on the, you know, the front row Alexander Wang show in, in New York. And, you know, like she's getting really, really recognised. And I'm just so grateful to have been a part of that recognition in terms of the fashion, you know, the boundaries of fashion, art and tech. Um, you know, I, I was with her in Shanghai in October. I was putting her makeup on. I'd made these 3D printed and copper arms cuffs for her um and you know it's just being with her and being part of the development process for Hanson Robotics obviously the company that own her you know David it I just feel so grateful grateful to be to be a part of that so I mean I I I like to think that I've been in the forefront of technology and you know we've written a book that's really about mm-hmm. uh robots and their impact on us and uh differentiate but even 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 listening to it is blowing my mind <laughs> you know you're 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 building you're designing fashion for a robot, robot. <laughs> I mean it's it's it just it literally just shows how you know the future is here mm-hmm, mm-hmm. absolutely but that's what's exciting that's what keeps me on my toes and people are like oh don't you think it's weird oh but it's a robot I'm like no think about it from an educational perspective you know and think about it from a aiding your process perspective and you know there's and also, you know, when she's interviewing me in front of an audience, selfishly, uh, you know, she's I'm able to promote myself as an artist as well. You know, so we're both giving each other, and that's what's nice. It's kind of a shared giving. So, so what's the best piece of advice you've ever been given, and by whom? Well, this is the ultimate question, isn't it? And it's also quite a hard question. You know, I'm so grateful to have so many um, incredible mentors and supporters, family, friends around me. And I'm constantly being given some, you know, incredible advice. But the one that kind of sticks in my mind and has done since um, I was on BBC Radio 4 with Ron Arad uh, last May, and we were talking, and it was the most perfect timing because obviously I were going from this fashion designer to this artist, and um, you know, been in his studio. He just um, you know proved to me that it, it can work. You know, he is the epitome of what I'm trying to be, and he always said, you know, said it. I 
I left uni, uh, you know, as an architect. And look over there, there's a champagne bowl. Look over there, I've made sunglasses. Look, furniture, this, that. And that just proves to me that, you know, you can be an artist and you can adapt to lots of different kind of um, different disciplines, I guess. But the one thing that he said was, because um, we were talking about technology, because obviously at that point I was just about to work with Sophia. And he said, um, use use technology as a tool and not as the art and it's just stuck in my mind because you know now the 2019 it's all about technology not just from a phone perspective but from holograms wearable tech ai ar um and i just feel that every time i come up with a new idea and i'm trying to obviously solve a problem um, and come up with a solution using technology. It's about the tool and how can I use that to um, engage or to further and better my creative practice. Um, and I know it might sound a bit, I don't know, not goofy as such, but it's a bit, you know, it's quite uh, intense, kind of the, t- the tech talk. Um, but it's really, it's really insightful and it just really means a lot because now that I'm working more and more in technology I'm able to often think about what Ron said to me um, and you know just using it as a tool to aid and to help your practice is obviously what makes and flourishes you into a better creator. So I think it's really interesting when you talk about technology and creativity Mm. because I think a lot of people um, get scared with technology and it killing creativity. I always remember a friend of mine uh, called Annie Sandos, uh, who is now um, the, the head of creative at Deloitte, said, uh, I'm not worried about technology replacing me. I am waiting for it to release me. And ah, I, I, I like and that. I, well, I always love, you know, and I think that's so important that when we look at technology and we look at how it's changing, really how, you know, embracing it is the mm-hmm. really the only solution. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Absolutely. And also I think it's important to remind people that Technology is only as intelligent as the human brain. Um, you know that it's not there to take over our, you know, take over our lives. It's there to help, aid, and support, and make our lives easier. You know, and going back to what your friend said, that idea of that release. Absolutely, I can't wait for the day that somebody's hammering and hammering and sanding and filing my copper metal. You know, like my hands will be smooth like a baby's bum. <laughs> <laughs> and what technology are you? Um, what looking at the future? What? What are there any technologies that are really exciting you? Um, that's a hard one only because, and I, you know, I've mentioned it a few times. The reason why I work in technology is be, or with technology is because I don't quite understand it and it's a challenge and that's what excites me. I'm intrigued and I, I have an idea and I think, okay, I want this to work, but what do I need and how can you make it happen? Um, but I must say, obviously wearable tech I'm interested in and I'm developing a new um, wearable tech at the moment. But secondly, the robotic world, you know, like I'm really, really fascinated by that. I'm really intrigued by that. And just not be, only because I work with Sophia, but, um, you know, having been to COGX and now been around, you know, the wearable tech show and speaking with other tech heads, as it were, um, you know, there's a lot of interesting Uh, and unique ideas that are coming our way. And I just think, you know, we're living in this world where it's so fast and it's so stressful. And if you've got something or someone 
to help you relieve your stress and anxiety and emotions, then so be it. So that's what that's quite exciting for me. So I should have said before you mentioned COGEX. For those that don't know what COGEX is, mm-hmm. what, what, what is sorry, COGEX is the uh, world's biggest um, AI conference. Wow. Yeah. um so i mean coming back to advice i mean how how important do you think advice is in general Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. you know how how important has it been to your career yeah um as i said before you know i'm very lucky to have some incredible um mentors and supporters surrounding me that often give me advice and sometimes i seek advice and sometimes i don't and because i you know miss chatterbox um naturally advice gets given to me um, but I think it does take a certain personality to either take it on board and react to it or ignore it or, you know, kind of mix it and see what you can do with it. Um, not all advice I've been given is the right advice. And I have been advised to do things I've done it. And I'm like, oh, God, why did I listen to them? But it's part of my learning process. And I'm yeah. so glad I did it to realise that it's not the right thing I should have done. Um, <clears throat> but, yeah, I think advice is super important. And even now, been and got what I've got so far in my short career, I often do talks and kind of um, give a lot of advice. And it's just so rewarding to be able to give that because of my experience. So yeah, I think it is very important. So I'm, I'm assuming you've got quite a good following from people who are fashion designers and want to mm-hmm. become fashion designers. And, you know, without them being too disheartened that you've decided to move away from your experiences, what what advice would you give them? Mm-hmm. Um. That's a good one. Uh, I do have a little bit of a following, not as much as I'd like, because social media is a whole different job. Um, But I'd say, you know, my biggest bit of advice is just be um, tenacious, you know, like um, the the more you can hone in on your identity and your product, um, the better that the quality will be, the message will be, and also the authenticity of it. Um, And I just think... You know, this world is so hard. Everybody wants to be everything or everybody wants to be a fashion designer. And there's only the creme de la creme that get through. And there is this support network that happens in these big cities. And if you're within that, you're going to flourish. And if you're not, then you're going to kind of drown. But don't worry about that. Like sometimes it's good to do things um, on your own and kind of off schedule and make noise. Let's be disruptive. You know, like let's create fresh new energy and products. Um. So, um, what's your creative superpower? I would say a maker, definitely. Um, I, even the way I think is from a making angle. Obviously, what I do with my hands is all about making. I'm often being cut and sliced and bleeding in the studio. Um, for me, I think a combination of being a maker and my energy is my creative superpower. Um, and I think even from an email, it comes through my portfolio, it comes through and obviously my product. I think it's um, I've got quite a strong visual identity or at least I'm working on it. Um, <clears throat> so I think that that, yeah, that's my superpower. So I'm, I'm assuming uh, obviously the listeners can't see your hand, oh. <laughs> but you have some fabulous rings on your hands and I will take a photo of them so we can share it. But I'm assuming you take those rings off oh, when you're hell making. yeah. I've got to take them off and get those gloves on. <laughs> Otherwise they'll get wrapped up in the machinery. <laughs> yeah, totally. So um, what are you uh, looking forward to in 2019? Um, I think. I'm looking forward to uh, this new journey that I've taken upon, um, you know, this kind of artistic journey. 
um, you know, working with new people, working with clients. Um, you know, I just think I've been so heavily involved in fashion and fabrics and trimmings and collections. And for me, the end of last year was so incredible from, you know, a work perspective, life perspective. And I just want to keep naturally growing that organically. I think happiness is the key to everything. And I just, yeah, 2019, I want to be happy and I want to be like energized and I want to create amazing things. So I think that I'm going to ask you the question, we do a lot of work in purpose. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and there's a lot of talk about a new generation coming through that purpose is really important, mm-hmm. which I think is fantastic. Mm-hmm. Is happiness the purpose? Absolutely. Yeah, totally. Like, you know, everyone's like, why have you got so much energy? It's like seven in the morning. And why are you bouncing off the walls? Why are you all so positive? Because I'm happy. The minute that you're happy, you see life in a different way. You know, you speak differently. You look at things differently. Um, you know, and I've got people around me that have gone through stages where they're not happy and obviously it helps me learn and grow as well how different emotions work um but yeah happiness i think is the stem to everything and even if it's just doing something for 10 minutes that you love per day that makes you happy then overall i think you're going to be the happiest person alive and what do you think is getting in the way of people's happiness uh social media (laughs) yeah sorry i'm gonna say it yeah definitely social media um and all these apps like you know, someone said the other day about face tune, you know, about making you look thinner and making your lips look bigger. And now I'm small. I'm thinking, whoa, whoa, whoa. Face like, tune. Yes. I never heard. Like, God, whoa, wow. calm down. So now people are so worried about, first of all, um, which photo they're going to choose from the 200 that they've taken. And then second of all, um, the photo that they've chosen, how they can make them look a better person, a better um version of themselves and that is so sad how much time that takes how much energy that takes you know just be happy with you and the way that you look um and then I guess the other thing would be money as well you know I think money doesn't bring happiness money brings freedom and don't let the money and the monetary elements of life um blind you I I I I love that quote I mean it's interesting I've got a pet project I haven't done it yet but really mm-hmm. redefining wealth because mm-hmm, mm-hmm. wealth for me is positive happiness mm-hmm. yes you know and positive happiness really I've kind of come up with this equation which is health plus purpose plus family mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah, yeah yeah and so you good. don't actually have money in there mm-hmm. where you have money is within the health so you've got mental health physical health and financial health yes and and the financial health really is you know where, where it's much easier for people to be happy mm-hmm, mm-hmm. is where they are not constrained, you mm-hmm, know, is, mm-hmm. is that lack of financial pressure. That's what really makes people unhappy. Yes. But once you understand it's financial pressure, it means you can find other ways. Earning more money isn't always the solution. It sometimes is, mm-hmm. but it's not always, always the only solution. Absolutely. And then, you know, you, you do find that sometimes you might have so much money, but then who have you got around you to spend it with? You know, and then that's not going to make you happy either. Um, so, no, I love that. I think we should talk more about that later. Definitely. Yeah, it's good. And I, and I think when it comes down to, you know, um, which is talking about with Ben, actually, talking about really, um, you know, I, I, I had a speaking gig once where I got paid mm-hmm. by, they paid for me to do the Machu Picchu Trail. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, yeah, it doesn't matter how, you know, yeah, the, yeah. The, the, I will, that will be an experience I will always remember my whole life. Yes. Yeah, yeah and being yeah, yeah. paid by by that is such a, a more interesting in, mode of payment yeah, than some yeah. cash that, that, that would have vanished, as, yeah. as Ben said very quickly. Exactly. And also on the financial side, just like from an artist and a designer and a maker and a creator, uh, you do have to do a lot of things. Um, 
for free, but I mean things like, you know, it might be experience or, or for example, um, when I first worked with Sophia, I made her a bespoke copper metal piece for free. You know, like obviously it was for her to wear, so I still own it. But I spent the time and the money and the energy creating that for a couple of weeks for her. But what that has given me in return, um, not only is it recognition in the tech world, but also other opportunities from travel to speaking, you know, to lots of other things. So sometimes um, it's the other way around. Like don't just say, oh, I'm not doing it because I'm not getting any money for it. Hang on, let's think about the other things that you'll get from it that will also bring happiness. Yeah, and I think you said, so, I mean, the, some of the advice that I've given, you know, Mark Earl's a very good friend of mine, wrote the book, um, so one of our co-authors on Creative Superpowers. Mm-hmm. You know, he said that he either does something at his, at his premium rate, which mm-hmm. is the rate that he is valued, yeah. or he does it for free. Yeah. He doesn't do anything in between. In between. Ah, yeah, there's, there's no, yeah, there's yeah, no, yeah. there's no discounting. And if yeah. I do it for free, I do it for free because I love it. Yeah. Yeah. yeah and, then, totally. and, then, and then I'm more than happy Pete. to do it. And yeah, give his like his best shot as well. hundred yeah. percent. I think just yeah. having that, you know, why it's quite binary. I think it's very, it just makes life easier. Yeah. I might do that going forward. Thanks for that bit. Yeah. No, advice, I think, Mark. I think, uh, <laughs> I, 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 I think it's fantastic. Yeah. Um, so, um, What's the one question you wish I'd asked you today? Oh, that's so hard. Oh, I'm going to step aside from work and you should ask me what I'm doing tomorrow. What are you doing tomorrow? I'm going to the Maldives. <laughs> <laughs> Fantastic. Now, now, now everyone's, you've gone from everyone really loving you to everyone, everyone hating, hating me. you. Yeah. <laughs> right, right, Don't worry, right I'll come back next week and I'll be so red because I burn in the sun. So, <laughs> um, so um, just final question. If, you, if there was anyone that I could get to come to this show mm-hmm. could share the best piece of advice they've ever been given, mm-hmm. who would you love it to be? Ooh. That's hard because I've got so many lovely people. Um, I would love Karen Franklin to come and sit and chat to you. Uh, Just because her energy is mind-blowing, the things that she says, you're just you're almost transformed into her world and it's like you've gone in, like she almost hypnotises you with what she says and she's got so much amazing experience and so many wise words that yeah, I think she'd be fab. Thank you, Sadie. Thank you. Um, I do hope that people do take time. If they don't know your work, they do take time to go to your site because I think your work is absolutely stunning. Thank you. I really enjoyed chatting to you and we'll chat further about wealth and the definition. Perfect. Thank you for having me. Pleasure. This podcast is sponsored by Creative Superpowers, the book that gives you the skills to thrive in the age of creativity. Now available on Amazon and all good bookshops.